This is Helping of Happiness, episode number 174, and we are talking about making time in the kitchen part of your family culture. Hi, I'm Hilary Hess, and you're listening to A Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids, and at Helping of Happiness, we love to help build up families by providing delicious family recipes, exciting travel guides, and home and family hacks to make life more manageable and more fun. There are a lot of things I am still learning and I'm trying to figure out, and that is why we have this podcast, to have our friends come on here and teach us and inspire us to be better and grow closer to Jesus Christ. Okay, so it is just me today. It is really fun to be back on the podcast. It's been a couple of months. We've had a lot going on. We got our cookbook was put out, and then I've just been getting ready with all these summer camps and classes, so I have not been doing the podcast as much as I had wanted to. So, but I've had, I've had like been thinking through this episode for a long time. It's been on my heart for a while and I just keep revising it and changing it. And I just decided I needed to just sit down and do it. And so I hope that this comes across what's in my heart, like into your heart of what I'm trying to say. So, okay. So just to begin it, I want you to just imagine me with me for a minute. Okay, so think of yourself. We are in Mexico. We are in Cancun. We're on the shore of where the hotel zone is. And we are about to board kind of a medium-sized ferry. There's It carries about 200 people onto this ferry that's going to go over to this little island called Isla Mujeres. Okay, so I want you to think about all the other things that are happening. Okay, so um, it's really commercialized in the Cancun hotel zone, and so we're about ready to move into a different area. Um, you, You fill the air. It's pretty warm, but it's not scorching hot. It's really humid. You look over at me and my hair is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know if you've ever seen the Friends episode where Monica's hair gets bigger and bigger and bigger when they go to Florida. That totally is me when I'm in humidity. So my hair is getting giant and we're getting on this ferry. So we want to go onto the top row of the ferry because it's an open you know, so that it's open, there's no roof on it. And I want to sit on like a little side bench so that you can sit in those seats on that top deck and look over the side and you can see that turquoise water. It's like the most unreal color. It's so vibrant. It's just beautiful. So as we're embarking on this little ferry, the short ferry ride across to the little island, the wind's blowing in our faces, this upbeat music starts playing, this live music that's right there on the boat, and it seems like everybody on the boat is just really excited that we're going to go have an amazing day. Okay, isn't that kind of fun to just kind of live in that moment? Okay, that is an experience that we had when we were in Mexico. So when we were on our way home from this trip, we were in an airport shuttle with this lady and my kids were all kind of a little bit sad and telling this lady in the airport shuttle how sad they were to go home from Mexico because they loved it. It had been such a fun trip. It had been so great. And the lady said something that has really stuck with me. I mean, this has been over two years ago. She says, I don't want to stay in Mexico because I love to be home but I wanted to go on this trip to bring the experience home with me. So I love that. 
She loves her home. She doesn't want to live in Mexico. I mean, part of me thinks it would be really fun to live in Mexico, but I actually really love being home too. So this really stuck with me. So if I'm going to go and have these experiences, and this doesn't even have to be a big trip. This could be any experience in your life. What are, what are you taking from that experience that you have and bringing home with you? So I really love that because I feel like going on that trip, at least for our family, that particular trip really changed each of us. That's a place my husband served his mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He lived there for two years and including that little island, the Isla Mujeres that we went to, uh, it was just amazing to be able to see where he lived and where his his testimony really took root there of Jesus Christ. And it was just such a cool experience. So I actually really use this, that trip. There's a lot of times when we have like emotional ups and downs that I look back on that trip and I think about that and just like what a beautiful moment that was and the different, different moments that we had on the trip. Of course, there was hard things on that trip too. And I think I actually cover that in another podcast episode when we talk about traveling to Mexico, but it's just, it's just amazing. So I love, I love imagining myself on the beach with my family. Um, like every time I eat chips or guac or hear some mariachi music, I'm brought back instantly to Mexico to like those vibrant, happy moments there. And I really just want to bring you with me to Mexico. I want to bring everybody with me and go experience Mexico, all the color, the powdery white sand between your toes, the snorkeling in that clear blue water and the taste of the delicious homemade panuchos and like those mangoes that are fresh off the tree and they're so ripe that they're like dripping down your face. They're so good. So the sad part is, is that I, for one, don't know how that would physically be possible to take you there, all of you listening. And that's also obviously financially would be a huge commitment and that wouldn't work out either. So I have come up with something that I am trying to, I feel like is kind of the next best thing where I'm going to try to bring this experience to you in your home from my home. Well, I guess I've kind of been trying to do that all along with the YouTube videos that we've been posting and the recipes, you know, all the travel posts that we have on our blog and our social media and the TikTok videos and all the different things. But I really want you to feel a part of Mexico and the thing that, or any other place that we've been, and the thing that I feel like can do that the most is to have like an interactive cooking show. So I want you to, I want to invite you to our summer virtual cooking club. Okay, this is for everybody. This is not just for kids. I know a lot of our classes are for kids, but this is for anyone. This is for families. This is for roommates. This is for grandmas with their grandkids. This is for friends that are just trying to get together and do something fun. So what our virtual cooking club is going to look like. So every Thursday for the next four weeks in the summer, at three o'clock central time, we're going to hop on a Zoom where we can share this cooking and tasting experience together. So I will have a grocery list and recipes that I'm going to email out and then you can go get your ingredients and then when we're on the Zoom together, we can be cooking, we can be talking about the country that we're that we're eating from, the, the cuisine from that week. and we can just learn together and enjoy this and just, I can be bringing part of these countries to you. So I really, 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 really hope that you'll join me because I think that it's going to be super fun. I, I love 
learning about different cultures and I love sharing about different cultures. And so please come join me. I tried to make it really inexpensive. It's only going to be $15 per class. Or if you want to buy the four weeks altogether, then it's a bundle and it comes down to like $12.50 a class or something. But so please come. So this is June 15th and it goes through July 6th. So the first country that we are starting with is actually not Mexico. The first country that we are going to start with is... Italy. Okay, so we're going to learn how to do some appetizers from Italy. We're going to I'm going to teach you how to do a bruschetta and I'm going to teach you how to do a it's a antipasto salad. So it's all the little things that you would see on an antipasto plate and we're going to make it as like a salad version of an antipasto plate. It's going to be so tasty. I'm also going to have a few optional ingredients on the grocery list that are maybe a little bit more expensive but that are really authentic to that culture. So maybe some couple of pricier cheeses or some other different meats or different things like that. So you can really be as vested into the experience as you want. Um, I'm really happy to cater this to any kind of food allergy or sensitivity or restriction or religious, whatever it is that um, kind of you need to mold your your food around to. So please reach out to me if you have any of those because I'm really happy to cater to that. Okay, so that big invitation's out there. I really, really hope you'll come. Okay, so on with our episode. So back, ooh, five years ago. Is it crazy? We've been doing this podcast for five years. Does that just seem crazy? It does to me. Five years ago, I wrote this post all about teaching your kids how to cook. And I was actually on a podcast, on the Family Looking Up podcast, where they had me on to talk about these things. And I was just thinking, you know, I've never shared those things on my podcast, on the Helping of Happiness podcast. And so I probably should. So I just thought that we would talk about these things to try to get your family culture more of, you know, getting getting us in the kitchen making time in the kitchen part of your family culture so that's what so the first one of these things is we're gonna have 10 different things the first one that I would suggest is to cook with your kids when you aren't pressed for time so for me it just does not work to have the kids jumping in when they're a new cook trying to help with dinner on a weeknight when, especially during the school year, when we're really busy trying to run from activity to activity, like a crunch time. I just want to get it done and do it myself. Um, you know, if it was older kids that actually knew how to cook, that would be a different story, but this is when you're teaching your kids to cook. So I'd I'd say, you know, reserve that for weekends, you know, Saturday mornings or, you know, Sunday dinner, whenever a time there's a time when you're really not pressed for the meal to be at a certain time. That would be my my big suggestion on that. Okay, number two, have them help with just a little part of the prep to start. So instead of creating a five-course meal together, have the kids prep with one of the sides. You're having, let's say you're having pasta for dinner that night. Have the kids help you tear the lettuce up or they can, if you're going to make like some kind of vegetable, have them chop the vegetable or help them strain the noodles into the pan or whatever that you're going to do. So just give them something little tiny, like peeling the potatoes, husking a corn, shredding the cheese, snapping the green beans, something that is really, really tiny. So you can just be a little part of the prep to start. Okay. Number three, one-on-one. This has been a real challenge when I have seven kids to do this one-on-one, but if at all possible, 
it is really more ideal to have just one of the kids help you at a time. And I love this because not only does it keep just the madness level down, but it gives me a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one with my little chef that might have some questions or we can get techniques down a little bit better. So I really, I really like that. So one way that we have made that work is that we have included chef of the week into their chore charts. So, you know, one kid for the week might be emptying the dishwasher, another one wiping down the table, another one sweeping the floor or something. This this chore would be chef of the week. So that means at mealtime, whether that's breakfast or lunch, you're jumping in the kitchen and helping whatever younger sibling needs help with their food or helping me with dinner or what have you. That, that's helped us do it on a really consistent basis. So we've really loved doing that. Um, actually, sorry, that was number four. <laughs> that was working. That was working in their chore chart. Okay. Number five, when you're teaching your knife skills, start with the soft foods first. Okay. So like one of the first things that we do is we cut bananas. You can use plastic forks. If you're worried about a knife, you can use butter knives. You can, it's, it's something just really, really soft to cut. Bananas are great to slice up. Um, another thing you can practice with them when they're just so little is spreading peanut butter and jelly or butter, you know, some kind of like the spreading motion is also a really good thing for them to learn how to do. Um, once you've gotten really good at the softer foods, move on to foods that are a little bit more firm, maybe like a cucumber, not necessarily like a carrot that's really hard, but something kind of middle of the line there that, that you can cut with maybe something a little bit bigger than a butter knife. You know, we have these paring knives that we got on Amazon that I actually really love. And I use them in our cooking classes that are, they're super colorful and they're great because they're not like super sharp, but they're sharp enough to get the work done. And they're really great for their little hands to handle. So I'll, I can throw some of that in the show notes. They're really great. So it makes it so it's, it's just a gradual way for them to get comfortable cutting anything. Okay, number six, this is like when you're cooking with your kids in the kitchen, it really helps your picky eaters. So as you're cooking together, the kids are smelling the foods, handling the foods, tasting as we go along. You'll see this a ton in our supper cooking club. I just love the whole, get every sense that you can in it, feel it, smell it, taste it, all of the different things so that it, it really helps them. It's almost like a food therapy really, and it gets them more just comfortable around the food. So it should cut down, at least for our family, it's cut down a lot on the fuss and tears of being really picky. Okay, number seven, bringing a meal to a friend can be a great way to involve your kids with serving foods. So I love doing this because it shows my kids in a different way, gratitude for their food, right? If they know that they're bringing a meal to somebody that is having a hard time or they're thanking somebody for something they see food is a gift, right? You can really show love and support by bringing a meal to a new mom or a friend that's had a death in the family or surgery or even just a really bad day. There's so many reasons to share food. Um, and if you put a little love in your cooking, it just makes it a better experience, at least from my experience. Okay, number eight. This is a great way to teach your kids about germs or food safety. So this can be a great time to talk about needing to, what you like needing to wash your hands cross-contamination, like you don't want to be um, cutting your chicken on your chopping board right before your fresh lettuce, right? You don't want those raw chicken germs and salmonella to be getting everybody sick. It's really good to teach them that, you know, we don't leave the mayonnaise out of the fridge for an extended period of time. Um, you know, so it's just all these different little things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily cover if they weren't right in the kitchen with you. 
Okay, number nine, talents and gifts. Okay, what if you find out that your kid is a natural in the kitchen? How wonderful. If you could get them to be developing their gifts and talents and feeding their family at the same time, it's like a win-win, right? So a couple of my kids really find a lot of joy in cooking and I find it really builds their self-confidence as they learn how to make something new and it's just so good for them as they are going through their life to be able to have this fun little talent that they have learned. Okay, this is my final one, number 10. Okay, this helps them to be functional as adults. Okay, one of my main missions as a mom is to train my kids to be independent and functional adults. And I really hope that when they're off at college or on missions that they'll already know how to clean the house and do the cooking so that that isn't another part of adulting that they need to learn for the first time while they're out there. They can instead be focusing on their school and or focusing on maybe working while going to school or working on relationships with their roommates or whatever things happen to be coming up. It is so nice to be able to have some of these things already in their tool belt when they go off to go off to be on their own. And, you know, it's, it makes for fun conversations. I love when my daughter's texting me about recipes or my son is going to head off to the grocery store and he's trying to think of some extra things that he could get. You know, it's great conversations to have with your adult kids. So anyway, I hope these tips help you. We are so not perfect around here, but having this family of nine has certainly given us a lot of hands of hands-on experience. And I think the best thing going into really making cooking as a you know a family thing is just keep your hopes high keep your expectations low realize you're going to have a mess but have a lot of fun and go sign up for our summer cooking club really i'm talking to you i really want you to join us come sign up be with us it would be such a special thing for us 